Welcome back to Conversations for the Good. Hello, Dr. Jane. Morning, Anna. How are you today? I'm doing great. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Well, we had extra time to process the many aspects we talked about in our last conversation regarding where and how forgiveness fits into our lives. And as much as I found the information invaluable, you certainly did throw us a few curveballs. You know, curveballs that require us to be present to a choice to let go of our grievance towards someone or ourselves with no emphasis on the other party joining us and making things right. Well, there it is, Anna. You know, you've said, you pretty much summed it up. You know, it's a conscious <laughs> choice to let go of negative stories, the negative feelings, you know, and refusing to let any component of our grievance live rent-free in our heads. Yet we we really don't forgive from our heads. We forgive from our hearts. We're choosing freedom from pain and suffering, all that has come up, all that we felt and endured from the insult or injury. And it's a path that we, we really do walk alone. Yeah, and, and there, there was quite a laundry list of what forgiveness is not. Yes, you know, and it's all based on the premise that we really can't change people, places, things, or the past. So we're not anticipating others to change. We're not anticipating that anyone admit their part in the insult or injury that they may have caused. You know, forgiveness is that present moment acceptance of this is the way it is. You know, there's no blaming, shaming, justifying, or trying to rewrite history. It's just, this is it. This is the way it is. The incident or injury, you know, is done. Um, it happened. And we're choosing to move on without the burden of anger and hostility um, or the bitterness, resentments. We really want to let those go. And as a conscious choice for freedom, then forgiveness evolves into a commitment to let go of our reactivity one day at a time. Or however long it takes, because sometimes it takes a while, you know, because forgiveness is is a process. Yes, you made it clear last time that it's not a one and done task. Let's review what forgiveness is not. Those were the curveballs I was speaking about earlier. Yeah, these are the curveballs. Well, you know, we mentioned a few last time. You know, um, first of all, forgiveness is more than that. That typical response of whatever. Um, it's not about anyone other than ourselves. You know, it, it isn't about justice, either seeking or withholding justice. And it certainly is not about reconciliation, although sometimes that may happen, you know, but that's not the agenda of forgiveness, you know, and forgiveness isn't about pardoning or excusing the wrongdoing. You know, it's about accepting the truth of what happened and refusing to live in the past with all the negative tri triggers and reactivity. So forgiveness is really about unpacking our grief, our reactivity, and also owning our part. So forgiveness is that conscious choice, and we're going to make it again and again in our commitment to let go and set ourselves free from the prison of the contempt and misery and suffering that we've been carrying. And It's also a process. It's made of heart energy, and it moves us away from our grievances and hopefully into alignment with the best and highest part of ourselves. And so, Dr. Jane, how does the process roll out? Well, it's a process of change with, with the usual starting point of us being stuck in something that's, you know, unhealthy behavior or negative reactivity. 
we're stuck and we're seeing no way out, kind of stuck and, and feeling sometimes, you know, self-righteousness, you know, justified in our actions and our feelings and our attitude. But nonetheless, we're stuck. and We're stuck in thinking that we're right and, and also stuck in being a victim. So we're kind of stewing in these negative juices and reliving the insult and injury again and again. And it can feel like there's no way out, you know. Um, and quite frankly, sometimes we're not looking for a way out. We're really looking to justify what happened and how we feel about it. So it's kind of um, my story and I'm going to keep it alive. Well, yes, you know, I, I'm hurt. They're to blame. What's the problem? <laughs> well, well, Ada, you know, you nailed it. You know, and and as a process of change, we have we have the time that time before we even consider change as an option, where we're really stewing, you know. Yet clearly, this stage often includes a good deal of misery and suffering, you know. And in my awakening model that we've talked about in the past which is a model of change. You know, I call this the tunnel because we're functioning on a day-to-day basis, yet we're trapped in the negative thought and, and behavior patterns. And this perpetuates our misery and suffering. So we're locked in, in our justifications and are locked in our projections and unaware that we're creating a prison, a prison, of a, prison really a, kind of a prison of our discontent. Gosh, isn't that the, the truth? In our own personal turmoil, it's so easy to miss who's creating it because we're so focused on the other person's wrongdoing. You know, I'm, I'm really getting a more accurate picture. For example, someone can hurt us or insult us, which is painful, but I'm responsible for keeping the pain alive. So we're in the tunnel and keeping the misery and suffering going, you know, just keeps going on. Right, Dr. Jane? So right, that's right. Yeah. So when can we turn it around? Well, Anna, that's the interesting point because it's that moment of awareness when we say to ourselves, you know, this is making me crazy. You know, I don't want to live like this anymore. You know, I've got to do something. And in that awareness, we, we open to the potential for change. And there may be early attempts to engage with, with the person that, that, uh, you know, who inflicted the pain. Such attempts may fall on deaf ears or cause more injury or insult. So this may solidify the realization that the situation just kind of is what it is and there's not a thing we can do about it. And this can oftentimes motivate the desire to change and to do things differently. Yes, it's it's like we're stepping back from the person in the situation and seeing the reality of it. Not what I want or wish for, but the real deal. Yes. And we're not retreating. We're not running away from our thoughts, our feelings, our reactivity. But as we've suggested so many times before, we're stepping into that observer self, that part of our consciousness that can see things for what they are and turning toward our discomfort so that we can understand the truth of our feelings, the the truth of our our thought stream and, and how it fuels the flames of our anger and resentment, you know, and it really kind of crowns us with uh, with victimhood, yet we want to avoid brooding. You know, we don't want to brood over uncomfortable thoughts and feelings. So sometimes it's helpful to talk about these feelings with maybe a trusted friend or a professional like a therapist. You know, and as we acknowledge our pain and and witness it without fueling it and share it with someone, we can begin to release the negativity. You know, and loosen the hold that the grievance has on us. And this is 
This is a moment of strength and determination. Well, negative reactivity surely does consume volumes of our precious energy. And I can see how this would be a powerful step in taking back our 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 power and give us the insight as how our life has changed because of it. That's right. That's right. You know, this calls for a long, hard look at what transpired. We're discerning not just what happened, but how we reacted and how we kept it alive and, and really how it's affected our life. You know, this this in no way absolves or pardons the other's actions, okay? We're getting a close-up view of the impact of the insult or injury and the dynamics of how it's continuing to play out in disruptive ways in our life. So, you know, what we're also discerning is what we have control over and what's completely out of our control, you know, namely, you know, that the other person and their intentions, their actions, that's totally out of our control, you know? We may hope and wish for a certain outcome, yet we have absolutely no control over how things play out. Dr. Jane, you've said all along that forgiveness is a process, and I'm really getting a better sense of that. Good, good, because stepping away from wishing and hoping that things were different can put us squarely in the reality of this moment and really support the understanding that we have no control over people, places, things, or the past. So we want to acknowledge the past, you know, it, that happened, you know, but we've wasted enough time focusing on things that we really can't change. So we have to look honestly at our own blaming and projecting of the negative emotions. And, and if we continue to blame our suffering on someone else, you know, then our only relief is if they change, you know, and of course, as I say, that's totally out of our control. So you know, it's time we step up and take responsibility for our own thoughts and feelings. You know, we're not denying what happened, but we're refusing to let the past ruin the present. And at this point, we may even contemplate whether we choose to forgive the other person or not, because remember, forgiveness is a choice. I, I know you said that forgiveness isn't about the other person, nor is it about reconciling. But if we really feel strongly that an attempt to reconnect is worth a try, especially since we've explored the hurt and our feelings and realized that we're part of the equation that might have led to the hurt and the suffering that followed. Well, you know, that certainly is within the realm of possibilities, Anna. You know, and, and what you're referring to can be planned and mutually agreed upon for the sake of salvaging the relationship. You know, efforts can be made to clear any misunderstandings or own up to, you know, our own indiscretions, you know, repair the damages, you know, speak to, you know, how new boundaries need to be set up. Uh, there's a myriad of, of other possibilities that that really can repair injuries and, and move a relationship to higher ground. You know, this is sometimes referred to as a clearing, and it works if both parties are invested in the health and growth of the relationship, you know, and and while it's an emotional risk, it, it can be well worth the effort, you know, or maybe not in some cases, you know, un unless it's mutual and reciprocal, gosh, it can go south in a heartbeat, causing additional emotional pain. So we never know how these situations will play out in real time, you know, and holding this uncertainty, you know, is really part of the equation. 
So it's once again, trusting ourselves and doing what we believe is the next right thing and not attaching to the results. You know, this has been the message from the beginning of all our conversations. Well, yes, 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 Anna. You know, so resuming our track to forgiveness, you know, we've explored our hurt, the incident, the resulting emotions, the anger, resentments, you know, whatever they may be. And we've also owned our part in what happened initially and since the incident, how it's impacted us originally and recently, you know, how is life different because of it? You know, and this exploration culminates in the reality that we can't change the past or the players and our negative reactivity doesn't change that. It only hurts us more. So this puts us at the doorway of acceptance, which we've said in the past is not about agreeing with or condoning bad behavior, but holding as a truth and a reality that this is the situation, this is the way it is, um, this is the person, the event is what happened, um, and we have no control over that reality. Our only control is how we choose to respond now in this present moment. Do we choose suffering or do we choose freedom? And freedom means moving on, right? We're not allowing ourselves to be pulled into the old reactivity. It sounds so very straightforward, but is it really? Well, it can be, but let's face it, Anna, most of us have a lot of time and energy um, invested in our grudges and our grievances, you know, and there's a there's kind of a, a practice effect to that, you know, because we're most skilled at whatever we practice most. So the grudges and grievances play out. We've been practicing those. Um, they play out repeatedly with just the slightest provocation. Um, and it's our present moment awareness and our ability to, to access that observer self to see what's happening. These are the keys to accepting what is right now and letting the past go. So we're consciously choosing to no longer fuel the past with the anger and resentments, you know, however, it's not uncommon to get stuck in past memories or, or find ourselves constantly fending off intrusive negativity, you know, from our grievances. I was wondering what kind of situations might sabotage our best efforts to forgive. You know, sometimes the power of grievance is overwhelming. Yes, yes. You know, grievance can be, grievances can be more overwhelming than we realize, you know, even traumatic sometimes, you know, they're, they're rooted in our conscious mind, our unconscious mind, and also in our physiology, you know, in our biology. Um, and these dimensions work together to keep us safe. It's part of that, that primal survival mechanism. So we may have the best intentions to forgive and committed to letting go of our grievance, yet find it extremely difficult to do so, you know, or, or we may be undecided about whether or not to forgive. You know, in either case, it, it may be a great help to have a tool or technique to assist us in our choice to let go of the grievance. And gosh, Anna, I think the emotional freedom technique, you know, we've talked about this tool in the past, is, is exactly the tool and technique that's needed at this juncture. You know, this, this energy technique targets emotional and physical pain and suffering, and by tapping various meridian sites, you know, the flow of that electromagnetic energy within the riverbeds of the meridians shifts the negativity and, and really can, can um, 
move us out of that tight place where the negativity has a hold on us. Dr. Jane, let's run through the steps. Sure, Anna. Sure. You know, and when we're talking about meridians, we're talking about 5,000-year-old Chinese medicine. You know, these are the same riverbeds that are used in traditional acupuncture. Mm-hmm. Instead of using a needle, we're actually tapping the different endpoints of the various meridians. So to set it up, you know, we want to find a comfortable position and quiet ourselves by taking a couple nice, easy breaths. And then we want to turn toward the grievance, you know, what we're feeling. You know, we want to be clear about who we want to forgive. You know, we want to remember what happened. And so we bring up the memory of the incident or the injury, you know, and notice how we're feeling about it, you know, and and kind of go over what are the emotions that I'm feeling and where in the body am I feeling those emotions? How intensely do I feel it? And I want to scale this kind of as, as I'm feeling it and I feel the intensity of the discomfort, I want to scale that discomfort. Where is it on a scale of like zero to 10? And then we start the process and we're actually tapping meridian endpoints and we're dialoguing with ourselves. So you can either do this silently in your mind or you can do it out loud. But we start with the side of the hand, that fleshy side of the hand, kind of where the, we call it the karate chop, Okay. And I want to make a statement three times at this point because I'm stating what I'm feeling right now, okay? And that even with this problem, I love and accept myself. So we take one hand and with our fingertips, we start tapping that fleshy part of our other hand, that karate chop. Say to ourselves, even though I'm stuck and I'm unable to forgive I deeply love and accept myself. Or, you know, even though I'm not sure I'm ready to forgive, I deeply love and accept myself. Or even though part of me refuses to forgive, I deeply love and accept myself. So we're stating what we're feeling three times as we tap the karate chop. And then we go to our eyebrows where it meets the nose bone. And we're going to tap six to eight times. And we're just going to talk to ourselves. You know, I can't believe they did this to me. I really can't believe they did this to me. Eyebrows where it meets the nose bone, right? I can't believe they did this to me. And then we move to the side of the eye, kind of the end of the eyebrow by our temples. I'm so angry. This really hurt. I just feel so devastated. And then underneath the eye, on the bony orbit underneath the eye, this is so fair. This is totally outrageous. This is just awful. And then underneath the nose, it's not right. It shouldn't have happened. This never should have happened. It's just not right. And down to the crease of our chin, I'm so hurt. I'm so upset. I really don't want to let this go. And then our collarbone, and it's the end of our collarbone, right above our chest, okay? All this anger and resentment. I feel all this anger and resentment about what happened. Six to eight times tapping. And then about four inches underneath our armpits on our rib cage. All these ugly feelings, gosh, I'm feeling all these horrible feelings and the bitterness or fill in whatever you're feeling, okay? And then we end with the top of our head, right on the crown of our head, tap six to eight times. And I feel it right down to the cell of my, of, of my body, how awful this has hurt me. I just feel awful. So we've gone through the entire process once, and then we're going to start again. We're going to go back to our eyebrows 
where we meet the nose bone, we're still going to talk to ourselves. I do want to let go of this. Six to eight times, the side of our eyes. I want to let go of this. So we're really beginning to loosen this up. We want to, we're admitting that we want to let go of this. I don't want this interfering with my life another day. And then underneath our eyes, hanging on to this is not keeping me safe. I need to let go. Underneath our nose, I'm ready to let this go. I'm ready to just let this anger and hatred and hurt go. Crease of our chin, I'm ready to release this from every part of my being. Collarbone, let it go. I'm going to let it go. Just let it go. Underneath our arms, four inches on a rib cage, I'm letting it go. I'm letting it all go. Top of our head. I let it go. I'm going to let it go right now. Just let it go. So we tap until we begin to experience the negativity decreasing. Okay, we may find that we feel a little lighter. We're able to access more positive feelings. We're not forgetting what happened or excusing it. We're shifting the focus of our attention so we're not consumed with the bitterness regarding the past, the people, the places, the events outside of our control. Okay, we're ready to move to some positive statements. And we go to the same points. We go to our eyebrow. I want to let this go. Eyebrow meets the nose bone. I want to let this go. Side of our eyes. I can let this go. Underneath our eyes. It's possible to let this go. Underneath our nose. I'm ready to release my anger. Grease the chin. I release my anger. I release my anger. Collarbone. My entire body releases the anger. Right down to my cells. Releasing all the ugliness. Underneath our arms. Letting it go. I'm letting it go. Let it all go. Top of my head. Letting it all go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Releasing. So we're actively choosing peace of mind. And it's important to note that this process is not just cognitive, Anna. You know, it's not just that cognitive conceptual. It's It requires that we engage our heart and allow ourselves to experience the forgiveness as an act of self-compassion and self-care and self-kindness. So we're recreating our life by refusing to engage in toxic thoughts and feelings throughout the course of any one day. And tapping supports this process because it's about letting go. This is kind of a, as I like to say, a one day at a time commitment that keeps forgiveness manageable. You know, just for today, let me be without anger, resentment, blame, bitterness, all the hurt. Well, I have to believe that discontinuing all those negative reactive thoughts and emotions would have even more effects and benefits for us. Well, for sure, Anna. You know, we're we're actually reducing our stress significantly. So the health benefits alone are worth it. You know, it's going to, you know, uh, give us a stronger immune system, you know, decrease the stress hormones like cortisol. It can lower blood pressure, improve our heart health. I mean, there's an incredible amount of research regarding the effects of hostility and heart health. Um, It can lessen anxiety and depression and improve our self-esteem and increase our empathy, you know, that that empathy and compassion that we feel for others and, and actually improve our relationships overall. Well, those are big bonuses, Dr. Jane. What an amazing gift we can give ourselves. It sure is, Anna. It sure is. Thank you, Dr. Jane. Thank you, Anna. Until our next conversation.